Welcome to How to Eat Less Water, the podcast for anyone who's concerned about the state of our environment and wants to live more sustainably, but is short on either time, money, ideas, or all three. I'm your host, Florencia Ramirez, author of the award-winning book, Eat Less Water, and a kitchen activist. I share bite-sized action steps anyone can implement in their kitchen. Why the kitchen? The average person eats between 500 to 1,300 gallons of virtual water every day. Our food is the best place to turn our hope for a better environment into action. Now, let's dig in and grow well-being together. Thank you for joining me today for this conversation. Have you ever heard of the term world building? It's something that we use in writing circles. It's essentially, it's the creation of a world that's different than your own. So this is obviously reflected in fantasy. So think Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings or science fiction like The Matrix or Star Wars. The authors have built everything in this this world from characters to setting to even language and the way their characters move through the world has all been reconstructed from the ground up. The reason I was thinking about this idea, this concept of world building is because over the last few days, I was participating in a conference called the Bioneers. It is a conference that's been around for 35 years, but new to me this year. The Bioneers is a nonprofit established in 1990 in Santa Fe, New Mexico, by social entrepreneurs to act as a hub of social and scientific innovators, visionaries on the world's most pressing environmental and social challenges. When you participate in a conference, there's so much information that comes at you, and it takes a little while to distill, and I'm still distilling and digesting what I've learned. But I want to share with you some highlights of this conference and how to apply it to our daily activism. It's easy to feel like there's nothing that we can do, as though the story has already been written. But I know that we are writing the story right now. And it felt so good to be in a tribe of other people who understood that as well. Somebody had said, Stories can either be our prisons or give us wings. We are at the forefront of a new era if we can harness the best of who we are and grow well-being. A few podcasts back, I talked about the seven ingredients that are necessary for activism and realizing that in order to do good, we need to feel good. And that's at the individual level, but also at the larger level. Like if we have communities of people who are not cared for, who are just surviving, who are hungry, who are unhoused, fighting day by day to survive, you cannot expect the activism to emerge from that, for somebody to make different choices that are in alignment with healing the planet because they themselves are far from being healed. 
So it has to happen concurrently, right? This healing of people and the healing of the planet. I'll talk about how if it's good for a river, it's good for our bodies. When we when we talk about the cultivation of food, that idea has even more depth of how much the human collective is so intertwined with that of Mother Earth. One of the keynote speakers was Joanna Macy. She was born in 1929 in Los Angeles and still continues to be a force. She is an author, scholar, thinker, philosopher. She stood before us well into her 90s and still so alive. It was remarkable to listen to her. And one of her quotes she has on her website, and I absolutely recommend you, you dig a little deeper with Joanna Macy and her work. It says, the most remarkable feature of this historical moment is not that we are on the way to destroying our world. We've actually been on the way quite a while. It is that we are beginning to wake up as from a millennia-long sleep to a whole new relationship to our world, to ourselves, and to each other. That encompasses the collective offering from all the speakers at the Bioneers, which was of hope. And not hope in a passive place, like let's hope something changes, but from its most activated parts. It's turning that hope into action. It's turning the belief in our future as a human society that we can overcome the challenges that we face collectively from all areas, from our climate crisis that we we face to the disparities that we feel in our economy to the lack of nutrition in our food. All of these pieces are interwoven. So some of the ideas that emerged from this conference was paths to transition from carbon-based economies. So solar panels and wind energy as the way forward and moving away from coal and oil and gas was a theme that came through over and over again. Where I really resonated with this, and it, it wasn't something that was said out loud, but it was in between the ideas and seated in between the words. One of the voices on this topic was a gentleman by the name of Danny Kennedy, and he's an entrepreneur who has a company called New Energy Nexus, and I recommend you take a look at their website. He also has a um, podcast with Kate Blanchett called Climate of Change. It's an award-winning podcast. He's new to me. His work is new to me. So is the podcast. As he talked about all of these different projects that are happening around the globe to move away from carbon-based technologies and instead to implement more electric clean energy pathways was all of these these different projects that his company was helping to fund around the world were small. They were small scale innovators, entrepreneurs, scientists, chemists that were looking at what made sense for their specific community, their local economies. How could they help the people in their villages to move away from technologies that are polluting their rivers in the air, harming people. Listening to the different ideas, the different projects that he talked about affirmed what I already know to be true from farms at the leading edge of saving water on the planet. And what I found is that they were small scale. 
small to medium-sized farms, even micro-level, and working in their communities and really being at the forefront of saving water and building soil, which is good for the climate, growing food that's more nutritious and healthy for people. It's treating people with integrity that work on the farm. It's building equity into our food system. And that is what we call regenerative agriculture. It is giving back to the land and the system as much as you extract. Conventional agriculture is about extraction. Extraction of labor, extraction of natural resources. It's take, take, take. It's stripping away our soil health, the health of people. It's stripping away the water that's underground, the aquifers. I'm thinking about, for example, in Mexico, when I spoke with Dr. Adolfo Murillo, who is a tequila maker, an organic tequila maker on his farm in Jalisco, and his farm follows those principles of regenerative agriculture. The farms that are around him are leased by these very large tequila makers They don't even purchase the land because they know that they're going to extract so much from that land and strip away all of its nutrients and sip all the water that's underneath that eventually within 10, 15, 20 years, that land cannot grow any more agave plant. So instead of buying that land, they'll just lease it. And then when it's given everything that they need from it, they just move on to another farm and do the same thing over and over again. That extractive thinking of we're just going to use it, abuse it, and then leave it when it's of no use to us is mirrored in so many different ways, not just our food. Just think about it in our own lives of how we've seen it in relationships at workplaces, how we see it take root in every level of society. And it's taken its toll on us as a human population, and it's taken its toll on the environment and all the other species that live on this planet. So that regenerative agricultural model of giving back, cultivating life, building the the nutrients in the soil so that then the soil is able to give back the nutrition in the plant. It's even able to draw down carbon, the leading cause of climate change. So it was beautiful for me to make those connections, and that's why I'm sharing them with you, of how we can start to look at the future planet, the solution that we are just now starting to shape and cultivate with our actions, that we are contributing to what our future can look like. And whether we're talking about energy, food, about how we take care of each other, the solution is regenerative. Whether we're talking about food, energy, or dollars. That was another interesting panel I attended. It was getting money to flow like water. And the panelists used the metaphor of water to describe how we can rethink the way money flows into communities and moving it from Wall Street and into Main Street. 
and then letting the community itself be the decision maker of how the money is distributed to these small scale, again, the small scale organizations. So they were using the metaphor of a watershed. So of course, I love anything that's using metaphors of water. But I would point you in the direction of what they're doing in Crenshaw. They use the language of regenerative economies. And that is to, again, not to extract from a particular place, but rather to give back, build the talents, build the beauty, build just like how we build soil, how a regenerative farmer is always looking at how he or she can build soil. It is the same way when you look at a regenerative economy to look at an area as a watershed and to look at how can you build the people, build that area that builds the talents, the beauty, the health, so that everything, the people, the planet can thrive in these community watershed systems. If you want to learn more about this concept and this idea, I would point you in the direction of libertyecosystems.org, and you can look at how they're redefining how money flows into a community for good, to empower the community, to invest in people, to make the environment and equity at the center of how money is distributed. So again, that's libertyecosystems.org, and I will have that link in the show notes. How can we start to really give back in a regenerative model? And for me, it starts with food. It really starts with food. That's something that you and I can easily begin with, is how are we purchasing our food? And from who and what are they aligned with? Is it coming from an extractive place of a conventional operation, which is just about take, 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 like those tequila makers? Or are we being intentional and taking the time to look for those farmers and those food producers who are regenerative, who are looking to remake a better society, a better tomorrow. So what we leave behind is more vibrant and healthier than when we arrived. So that is a powerful place to begin to partner with regenerative agriculture as a beginning. And even if you end there, it's already connected to so many different things because it's connected to how people are, the land and the rivers are treated. It's connected to our health, not just our health, but if we're supporting regenerative agriculture with our dollars, then we can grow it and make it more accessible for other people. If you are interested in learning more, I, I'll point you in the direction of the Bioneers. Go to their website and all of the panelists and sessions that I had the opportunity to watch, plus more because many were happening at the same time. Those videos will be released this week. So you can go to their website and you can watch and listen to what I had the opportunity to listen to, this world building from different perspectives from every age. I listened to a speaker as young as 16 years old up to Joanna Macy, who's in her 90s, and everybody in between. So there was a diversity of experience, age, backgrounds, regions that were present 
in the room of the Bioneers. And I will put in the show notes a link to the Bioneers and also the name of their podcast, which is fantastic. And so you can also share these podcasts just like this one, but to share them with others so that these ideas just keep growing and spreading because they need to. They absolutely need to. And that's also part of an action tip of how we can make a difference is to spread these ideas and to talk about them and to think about ways that you can world build in your community. I'm going to end it with a poem. I know I ended last week with a poem too, but this was a poem that Joanna Macy ended her keynote address with. And it's called Earth Isn't This What You Want. It was written by Rilke. Here it goes. Earth isn't this what you want to arise in us invisible? Is it not your dream to enter us so wholly there's nothing left outside us to see? What, if not transformation, is your deepest purpose? Earth, my love, I want it too, believe me. No more of your springtimes are needed to win me over. Even one flower is more than enough. Before I was named, I belonged to you. I see no other law but yours, and know I can trust the death you will bring. See, I live on what childhood and future are equally present. Sheer abundance of being floods my heart. Thank you so much for joining me. Be well. Let's stay connected. Sign up for my newsletter and receive more tips in your inbox weekly and 15% off your first purchase at the Eat Less Water Shop. You can also find me on your favorite social media space at Eat Less Water. Please remember to hit subscribe and leave a review, even if it's only the star rating, because every one of them will increase the chances of other like-minded folks to find us. Thank you for joining me on this journey to eat less water. Together, we will write the story of well-being for this planet we have the privilege to call home. Meet you back here every Wednesday. There is power in the collective.